Hello and welcome. You're listening to TechRap, the podcast. You can find us online at techrap.net. Uh, we're also all over the place on now and tuned in, player.fm and of course, Wooshka. And if you want to send us a mail, feel free to do so at mail at techrap.net. It's been another big week in tech. We're back, episode two, season three. Welcome back, Trent. How are you this week? I'm traveling along very well. You forgot to mention uh, the fact that you can also listen to our podcast on our website. On iTunes. And iTunes, techrap.net, iTunes, it's all over the place these days. Uh, I've been trying hard to make sure that we're we're everywhere uh, so people can just open their favourite player and be able to listen to us anytime without, uh, you know, finding it very hard to search for. Hey, that wasn't bad. That was my first intro in uh, 20 episodes now, I believe. So, I mean, I think I did pretty well. Yeah, I felt comfortable to say... You know, hey, you've got the reins. Go for it. Room for improvement, uh, as always. But uh, there's always room for improvement. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll throw it back to you next week. Oh, we'll see how things go. Hey, <laughs> that was fun though. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of a rush. I might you say know, what has it? been fun is the fact that you've uh, upgraded your equipment. You got a Indeed, brand new shiny microphone. Yeah, so broadcasting now on the the Rode Procaster. Hashtag not sponsored. Uh, we you know, we had Not a bit yet. of a discussion about this. I was originally on the Rode NT USB, which of, of course is a condenser microphone, yes. and that's actually what we recorded last week's uh, podcast on. And I wasn't quite satisfied with the audio quality. And I think we both agreed there was definitely room for improvement. Being a condenser mic, it does pick up a lot of sort of you know, ambient background noise and things like this. Uh, the Rode Procaster being a dynamic, it shuts a lot of that out. And the biggest thing was the the Rode Procaster versus the Rode Podcaster. Yes, of course, the Procaster needing a USB interface to uh, plug into your laptop or computer where the podcaster is a USB device that goes straight into the laptop and uh, we've had many discussions this week haven't we over over which one to sort of get. We have we've talked options um, although of course this one has eventually won out the battles. Yeah at the end, at the end of the day it was about $100 more and uh, we got the, the Scout Focusrite 2i2 Gen 2 uh, which I can plug my mic into to interface, and it also has a slot for another mic when uh, we are both in the studio recording together. We can use it, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Maybe a bit later in the month, uh, a tech event coming up where we we might attend and uh, do the podcast uh, together from maybe somewhere nearby. We'll see how we go with things. Should we say what it is, the event, or, or we'll keep it as a surprise later, we've, closer to the date? We've done this event in previous years, although not as a tech rap podcast, though, uh, certainly for, for the sake of online content. Um, you know, uh, oh, it's not really hard for people to find it out, to be honest. It's... No. <laughs> I go and spoil it. I think we, we can talk about it. Like you know, yeah, it's, it. it's, I'm, I'm sure the week before we'll be like next week we'll be uh, you know down in Melbourne at the event. Yeah, it's, on, it's one, one that happens in Melbourne. It's the um, the the, the gadget expo uh, that happens there every year. Although uh, last year was their first year of um, of kicking about, but it is certainly becoming quite a big event. Uh, plenty to see in the way of drones. Uh, you know, electric-powered vehicles and also, uh, you know, developments from universities and plenty of uh, bits and bobs that you could go in and purchase. And, and I've interviewed a few people uh, at the event last year and hoping to uh, get a few more in this year. And, and depending upon our circumstances, we might be able to um, tie in some of those chats with the podcast so we can have a, a great episode lined up. Yeah, and if you did want to check out a few of those interviews from last year, you can check it out on uh, techrap.net. Certainly uh, can. Is it from the drop-down box? Or you could just do a search for it. 
And, uh, uh, on TechRab.net. Some interesting stuff. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this year uh, to see how they grow the event, how much bigger it is. On the website, they said twice as big. And uh, I mean... It was it was it was it was kind of small last year, so I'm interested to see what they do with the space. If it's in a new bigger space, I assume so, and sort of more people getting on board. The first year is always the hardest. I think they did well for what they had, but yeah. I'm definitely curious to see what they're going to bring to the table this year in terms of gadgets, toys, tech, new people, new things to see. Most Very definitely, most definitely. Shall we get into the What's, stories of the yeah. week? What's been happening? What's been happening this week? Well, one of the big uh, been items. across your radar? One of the items that sparked my radar this week, of course, uh, we're in the first week of August uh, for 2017. September is always a big time for uh, Apple, and Apple always usually launch a brand new phone. Uh, they're also looking to launch uh, their comparison device to the uh, Google Home and uh, the latest round of software updates uh, have sparked the interest of some people who have basically been decompiling them and, and, and working out the finer details of perhaps what is going to be out there with the updates to software. And apparently a few hints have been dropped in uh, the most recent updates. Uh, by hints, I mean uh, some little teasers of what is to come in uh, new model iPhones and also, uh, you know, the HomePod device as well. Um, indications of uh, potentials for, for t- types of screens that are going to be in the HomePod. A uh, larger screen on the Apple iPhone, meaning a smaller bezel, uh, some say. Uh, also, the fact that uh, these HomePods are going to be quite a gutsy machine. I mean, they're going to have um, the comparison processing power of, say, an iPhone 6, for instance. So, uh, you know, there's been a little bit of uh, behind-the-scenes development going on. They've rolled it out into a software update. Uh, You could say perhaps a little bit early uh, for those people that are always looking for the latest goss on Apple. Of course, generally, uh, you know, you can't do anything more than speculate before uh, one of these big press conferences that they usually have, but uh, someone's worked something out there. Yeah, and it's it's funny sort of leading up to all these events and, and toys that come out. It's, it seems every sort of tech site or whatever, all they do is post rumours, speculation, leak things. It's, it's, it's all speculation leak until the announcement. But, you know, the closer they get to the date, the more accurate this speculation tends to be. Now, the, mm. the Apple HomePod, did you say they're calling it? Yeah, the, Apple the, Pod? The, the, the HomePod device uh, is essentially so, the comparison to Google Home. Yeah, and we talked a lot about Google Home last week. And yes. you, you own one, you purchase one. one. Would you ever see yourself getting an Apple HomePod? Like what, what would it do for you that would make you ditch the Google Home and, they, and go for an Apple Pod? Like I, are they trying to steal people away from the Google Home? Are they trying to break into a market of people maybe who haven't got one yet? probably they, they want to, they're probably breaking into a market of people who haven't actually been there yet. Uh, those people who are probably most devoted to Apple's primary brand. Uh, for a user of Google Home at this point in time, uh, you know, I've, I've done a little bit with Google Home. I'm starting to find some of its limitations. Uh, but I must certainly say that the accuracy rate in its uh, recognition detection has been reasonably good. Uh, So much so that it could actually be a little bit better than what Apple has been offering here in the past. Of course, uh, that is one of the stumbling blocks for those who potentially, you know, haven't used 
um, Apple's devices for a little while in the past and are thinking about jumping across. Uh, for a user who is on Google Home at the moment, um, I probably just wouldn't jump for the sake of I'm not. Uh, I'm not comfortable that the the recognition in these devices have come uh, far enough. But of course, we have to wait until it all gets unveiled. And you'd be looking at the press conference that will happen in the first couple of weeks of September to really gauge exactly uh, what the deal is with this thing. Um, like you said, speculation is speculation, and it starts, you know, from the last uh, month of the year and goes right throughout to. Uh, September when they have most of their major product launches. So um, I'll, I'll sit back and we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see the exact details of what happens. It seems but like we're getting swamped with voice assistant home sort of software. You've got the, the Google Home, uh, Apple HomePod or whatever it is going to be mm. called coming out soon. You've got the Amazon Echo and then there's the Amazon Alexa. Is that what it's called? Is that, yeah. How is that different from the Echo? Well, it's it's um it's just the 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 devices as such, uh, not the rec- recognition technology, but uh, and, and Alexa is the assistant uh, more so. But yeah, uh, the Amazon offerings haven't been available here in Australia, uh, the US only. Same goes uh, for Google Home until the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's all fairly new here in Australia uh, for those people that haven't you know gone online and purchased something. Uh, off a website and, and and managed to import it to have a crack at it. What about but, Microsoft? Are they going to do something with Cortana? Well, Cortana is still something. I mean, it, it, it works within the operating system. I haven't heard any news that uh, Microsoft is keen on expanding on that at this point. They could, in time, right? I wouldn't be surprised. But then, geez, how do you pick one out of, you say Microsoft did do a, a home sort of voice assistant like Google Home, you'll have Amazon, Google, uh, Apple... Microsoft or with voice assistant home things, how do you? How is anyone supposed to choose? Well, yeah, that that makes the struggle. The struggle is real. Uh, that's certainly the way it is with, you know, mobile phone ma- manufacturers even at this point in time. Uh, you know, if Microsoft wants to jump into the game, they're probably better off just uh, refining their processes a little more. I mean, Cortana. Uh, really isn't adopted worldwide at this point yet, given given the um, the the lack of the full rollout, so to speak, um, and 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 perhaps the idea of uh, of them using some sort of partnership with other brands might be better than them trying to go into it. Uh, although I haven't done all that much in the way of research in in the way of what uh, Microsoft is doing, but. Um, you know, their their big product here at this point in time, I would say, uh, is the the Surface tablets. So you'd, you'd you'd hope to stick to what you know there at least. I mean, um, Google and, and and Apple have really got their stuff together, and 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 you know, um, they they they're really showing up in this uh, emerging game of um, you know voice recognition technology. I don't want to talk too much about Google Home because we, we we talked a lot about it last week and if you if you do want to learn more about mm. Trent's experience with Google Home, go back and listen to last week's podcast. But I am curious, it's now been another week and, and you've, you've mentioned you briefly touched on, uh, you've maybe discovered some shortcomings in this week. Uh, is there anything you've sort of discovered as you've used it a little bit more just briefly uh, with Google Home or maybe something, something cool you've uncovered or... Regional limitations has been one thing. Um, there are still things that are not currently supported here in Australia, down to the fact that 
I guess basically uh, they've, they've made the plans to get the rollout going so they could, you know, start selling the devices here in the country but haven't added support for things uh, like, for instance, um, the Logitech Harmony uh, Universal Remotes. I have one of those, one of the ones that works over your uh, Wi-Fi connection and currently uh, the feature is not enabled here in Australia. If it was, I could be turning on my TV with Google Home, for instance. By turning on my TV, I mean in another room, we've got these uh, remote control systems in use. So you could turn on the TV and turn on your paid TV, for instance, using this function. Um, There's also, I guess, some shortcomings in not always remembering uh, the commands at the moment. And sometimes if you say the wrong thing, you can get it... um, acting a bit confused and saying, you know, this feature is not enabled for your region. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, uh, well, the struggle is real occasionally. <laughs> do you know Do you know what we, we talk about? It feels like a lot every now and again. It's, mm, it, it, mm. it seems to be like a common trend. We talk about smartwatches, uh, mobile phones, drones. We love a good drone story and Uber Pops up quite a bit, doesn't it? But you you know, you heard this one. You know why Uber Uber pops up a little bit? It's it's because of the fact that they are disruptive in the current marketplace, and they're doing something that the marketplace currently isn't doing effectively. So I can understand that. Well, it's just not Uber, the company uh, that's being disruptive. Uh, There was a story came out last week about the Uber drivers themselves being disruptive and uh, the troublemakers uh, causing trouble for the consumers. Uh, There was a study done by the University of Warwick which found uh, groups of, I'm not saying everyone does this, but they they sort of come across and and uncovered that groups of Uber drivers in London and New York have been teaming up in sort of gangs, for Uber Uber driver gangs to force uh, surge pricing on passengers. This is a little uh, bit interesting. Yeah, and how, how they do this, you might ask. Well, when a stranger to, say, Facebook groups or forums, I'd imagine possibly a Facebook group. So groups of Uber drivers maybe in a particular area have jumped on social media or, or forums online and they can all chat with each other in real time. So they, what they do, they sort of say, hey, guys, uh, this, this could be a busy time or, or let's bump the pricing. Uh, everyone, all Uber drivers in this area, log off your app now which causes a shortage of drivers in the area. And then, of course, to bring more drivers into the area, they enable surge pricing. And then the uh, the Uber drivers in the area, they turn on their apps, they get their surge pricing, and they were right there the whole time. Um, What do you think about this? That's uh, that's not really, uh, you know, a nice thing to be doing to the consumers. I mean, I can understand they're attempting to make a little bit of money out of the situation, but, um, you know, uh, moving forward, I think it's about time um, Uber perhaps introduced some um, some terms to, uh, I guess, their, their agreements with the company so that they can prevent this sort of thing becoming... Uh, a common occurrence because you wouldn't want this sort of thing going on too often. Um, they can certainly uh, change the agreement that they've got with the drivers to 
to prevent these um, the, these sorts of incidents. Usually, your surge events are, are down to um, other factors. Um, you know, most commonly when when there are limitations on the amount of drivers that are around and the and the need for people accessing it. But yeah, turning off the application so as to be able to make surge pricing so you can get your own benefit. Um, I, I can see what they're trying to do, but you know, as a consumer, I I choose Uber because it's it's more affordable. Um, usually, the people are pretty nice. Uh, the vehicles are pretty clean. They're well maintained, um, and you know, I don't have someone who is attempting to cheat me and driving the longer way to get somewhere um, because they want to make money out of it. I don't know. Sometimes I've had a few. Well, before, like I mean. I wonder, of course, Uber's come out and they said, you know, we have safeguards in the application to prevent this from happening. But a story like this doesn't just come out if people can't do it. And if you, you think you look at the theory behind it, I feel like it would work. And some people have figured out and they've managed to trigger it a few times. It probably doesn't happen mm. every time, but they've done it. But I wonder if that's less, what it says less about maybe the, the, the drivers doing this and actually says more about Uber as a company, how they treat their drivers in terms of pay. And, and things like this that they feel like, you know, to get a fair deal or, or to make it worth their time being an Uber driver, they need that that surge pricing. Maybe Uber should start paying their drivers a little bit more. And I remember when I was in the States, uh, I tossed up between Uber and Lyft, which mm. is a very popular one or, you know, trying to be popular kind of everywhere. And yeah. a lot of the time, the Lyft prices were slightly cheaper when Uber was surging uh, and surge prices are pretty ridiculous you say uber's cheap and affordable and all that sort of stuff but when surge prices are activated oh, yeah. it actually be, can become Absolutely quite expensive if you go into a big venue or, or the time of the day and things like that and so i'd, I'd go on uber first uh, just because yeah it's a nicer cleaner more developed uh, been around longer sort of app and then if it was surging i'd go to lyft and i found myself using lyft quite a few times and i've had conversations with drivers uh, both uber and lyft and i've asked them why why do they uh, drive for lyft instead of uber yep and a lot of them they drive for both. They'll have the Uber app and the Lyft app. If not much is happening on the Uber app, they'll, they'll switch to Lyft for a bit. But they also said Lyft pay you more and uh, they get more out of it and people can tip them as well on top of the additional fee, big tipping culture in America. Yeah. I think they're going to maybe introduce that here, but like why would you tip? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think Lyft drive pay, they, they pay, they pay them more. Uber peanuts, maybe they're getting mm. better. But I think people doing this because they're just Uber just don't treat them very well. Like great service, but... I think Uber could do more, and that's your billion-dollar company. Like, come on, just pay your drivers like a little bit more. Well, that's what it is. Stuff from happening. Uber, um, Uber take the profit. Uber taking the biggest slice of the chunk, and because they're the first well-established company around the world, you know they've they've been getting away with it for a little while. Um, drivers have wanted to drive for them, but um, certainly the money isn't there always. So if um, if another contender comes into the game and offers people more money, um, I think they're going to have to up their game a little bit and and, and, and be a bit more supportive. Um, you mentioned tipping over in the US. Of course, it's a big culture over there, uh, basically due to the wages, the cost of wages over there compared to Australia. But um, you know, uh, that's not to say that it wouldn't work here in the country. We need, um, I can't wait till it's all uh, driverless cars, right? Like driverless Uber cars and you have to, have to and you can cruise it. Isn't Tesla no. doing, aren't they working on driverless cars and things like this? They are, but I'm not there, mate. Um, I think there's a certain amount of restrictions that you should be putting putting in place in terms of, 
uh, vehicles and, 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 and driverless vehicles. I mean, you can have a driverless bus, for instance, like they're doing testing in WA and also uh, in New South Wales in coming months of small driverless buses that go around small circuits. But don't put those out on the road uh, with all sorts of conditions and all sorts of other loonies who are actually behind the wheel of traditional cars because, of course, um, the the uh, negative factor is the people in the cars driving them themselves. Uh, they become part of the problem. Can you? Is it easy to get a Tesla here in Australia? Yeah, you can get a Tesla here in Australia, um, you know, uh, but your your uh, legal ability to be able to use the driverless controls, is that a lot lower than, say, over in the United States, for instance? So expensive, though. Well, that's one of their um, their, their problems here in the country at the moment. The price point has not been uh, that uh, sustainable for those people that want to jump in. And, of course, uh, great news around the corner with the fact that Tesla Model 3 is being launched. Uh, I, have heard, I heard about this. Um, wasn't it, it wasn't, it was more Elon Musk held this event for mostly the employees and things like that. It wasn't meant to be kind of this huge public thing, but they ended up broadcasting in public well, anyway. But it was more of like, a, hey, guys, Model 3 here. And they unveiled a heap of stuff about it. But It's become a press event, essentially, uh, a bit of a yeah. show-off um, thing around their factory site over in the US. So people could, uh, you know, have a look and see what is to come. I mean, this is the next big model in the Tesla range. Uh, being touted over in the US at this point in time, uh, as being an affordable vehicle, uh, they're looking at a base model car price range of about thirty-five thousand US dollars. Uh, that here in Australia could be fifty thousand, but it could certainly be more, uh, as you as you find out. Uh, some of the car brands, by the time they get them here and 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 roll them out the door, they can be a, a higher amount than that. But certainly, uh, making inroads to uh, you know the 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 conscious model here in the country, and and and, and a fair and reasonable price range for them. Um, these in their base model are stripped out of some of the advanced features that come with the Tesla. You know, like the 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 you know all the all the interior, but certainly got plenty of functionality uh, in them. Uh, everything is controlled on the um, touchscreen um, in the centre of the vehicle. Yeah. Um, they go a good pace. I saw that it was like the, the touchscreen in the middle. It's like a, like a, I guess like a little computer monitor sort of thing, and everything is there on on the Model Three. Like your your entire dashboard is on this touchscreen in the centre of your car. Yep. Even your indicators. You ha- you know you, you normally. How do you even get used to that? Because our entire lives we have the indicator in front of us, and now you got to kind of look to your right. And down a little bit for everything, and every the whole car is operated by this touchscreen. Well, you see, everything this is new technology. What something happened to it? You just have to get used to these things. Um, pretty much everything is controllable by the touchscreen. I mean, you, anything from music to uh, internal controls, the heating, the cooling, uh, and of course, it gives you details on your, you know, how fast you're driving and and how much battery you've got left. Uh, battery life, um, they're saying at this point in time, you in an average journey would get about 345 k's 
um, to the to the battery. Which, uh, if yeah. you go by our Melbourne to Sydney uh, highway drive, um, you'll actually yeah, be able to easily make it to the next charger what? station. As there's uh. plenty of charger stations along the Hume Highway to be able to fulfil your, um, really? your, your driving needs. Charging stations on the Hume. Yes, there is. Um, so I'll give you the list of a few town names: um, Euroa, wow. um, Wangaratta, no Wodonga, um, Goulburn, for instance. Where in Wodonga? Uh, behind the Cube in Wodonga, oh, yes, the entertainment the, the, centre. That's incredible. Is, wait, is it a petrol station as well? Is it just a charging? Like you, you, how do you, it's how do just a work? charging you, point. So essentially, is it free or do you have to pay for it? Essentially, there's a couple of car spaces which are reserved for Tesla. They've got a fancy looking. Um, device which is um, in in the garden space, and you just back your vehicle or drive your vehicle for. Well, you'd be backing your vehicle, wouldn't you, to plug it in? Uh, you back it into the car space and plug in. And at this point in time, it's been free uh, for all of those Tesla owners, but I think they they might have to pay like a base charge or something to be able to utilise them. But uh, all Tesla owners can just rock up to these charging stations. There's uh, the Euro one, for instance. Is actually in the uh, the Shell service station on the south side of town, just off the freeway. So they're they're not too hard to find when you need them, and um, you can plug in and have a bit of a charge, and then of course go can into one of the many well? re uh, venues as well, and and have a bit of a recharge as well. You're not going to be able to charge your phone at a Tesla charging station, mind you. Just yeah, the car. I, was like, I mean, you could I guess you could plug your phone into the car while you're charging your car. With that touchscreen, um, I think even on the Model 3, I could be wrong, but like even to open the glove box in the car, you do it via the touchscreen. I wouldn't be surprised by it. Like, <laughs> imagine if it stopped working. Like, yeah, you'd, you'd run into some problems if your touchscreen wasn't working. But I mean, concern, you having your entire car dependent on an operating system? Not necessarily. Um, they, you know, usually if, if, if the brand is, um, well enough developing their technologies, they should have some safeguards and some ways to get around, uh, problems. Although, um, I think one of the challenges that you would have as a Tesla owner is knowing enough people who can actually support the device. So if you end up, um, having a moment on the highway in the middle of nowhere, who do you call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> you need to be able to charge your Tesla from your phone. Actually, I think I saw a funny YouTube video that was a guy charging his Tesla from his phone, just as a parody. If you, I mean, if you run out of electricity, you could always run. Well, you could. I mean, um, people have done that in the past. There was an interesting app I saw that came out. Well, it's been it's been around for a while, but there was some news on it because they they've done some some deals with some. Uh, music publishers like uh, you know Universal and, and things like this. It's an app. It was developed by uh, the former Google Maps co-founder Lars Lars Rasmussen. Now mm. it's called We've Run or We Have Run. Have you have you heard of this? I haven't heard of this app. Basically, what it does. A lot of people when they run, they listen to music to motivate them. But the difference with this app, it, mm. it's it's a music app that you run with. But this app will sync using your phone's accelerometer and, and all the you know the diagnostics they have access to, to to see how fast you're going, how you're moving. It'll actually change the BPM of the song you're listening to to be perfectly in sync with your running rhythm. 
right? So you can start off slow and then the music will kind of be slow with your beat and then you'll start speeding up and the music will start speeding up with you. And so like, you know, really sort of Mm. get into your head like you're like conquering the world and like everything's one with you and you're running with this music. It seems like really cool. Uh, and there's like there's a great video for it if you if you look it up of how they do it. It's this uh, girl running and it's quite epic and it actually made me want to start running. So I went to download the app. They're still sort of testing it. It's not like kind of fully released and the songs are pretty limited. But you think the guy that worked on Google Maps, right? I, I looked for this app mm. on the the Android store, and they don't even have, they don't have an Android version. It's Apple only at the moment. That's how some people are though. It's incredible. Uh, I have been notified. I signed up to the newsletter though to be notified when the app comes out because I want to try it and I want to see like how well it will work and if it will make me want to run more and having the the music in the room with your beat if it'll motivate you to keep that beat. And is this something that you think you would use? Do you do much running? Well, I I um I'm not actually much of a runner, so I haven't actually envisaged myself using the application. I mean, for for um, giggles, I could certainly have a go at it to see how it all pans out. I, I certainly like uh, when I do go for a walk, for instance, I do like listening to music on the go. Uh, you'd be a you'd be a music listener and walker, wouldn't you? Um, you know what? It's I've never really found convenience in it. Oh. I've never had an iPod or an iPod Touch or a Mini or any sort of dedicated music player. And, you know, we own big phones now. And if you're mm. running, you don't really want to hold a big phone or have it in your pocket. It's a little bit awkward, I guess you could. I know some people, they have it on their their arm when they run. Mm. But to me, it's just kind of like bogs you down, holds me back. And, yeah, I don't, I don't really, if I do run, I kind of like to be free. And I don't know, I kind of just embrace the moment and, and <laughs> goodness sounding a bit early earthy and spiritual i just like to to breathe in the the air and focus on the grass around me and the trees and you know just really become one with the ground and the earth that i'm running on you know man that's enough man i don't want to be distracted by (laughs) you know material things and like music all right, that's that. You've got time to do that in another podcast, mate. Not this one. We're talking <laughs> that's technology. That's a separate here. podcast. That's the, the Earth and Hippie <laughs> podcast uh, coming to, to TechRap spinoff. You are listening to TechRap, of course. Uh, we're online at techrap.net. You can find us on iTunes, player.fm, Pocket Casts, all, all oodles of applications now. Uh, and, and, of course, hosted in Australia, thanks to the lovely people of uh, Wooshka who do uh, free podcast Wooshka. hosting. <laughs> that sounds very earthy. Unless you're in China or, or, or Russia, you might be banned. Oh, you might find yourself in that situation. Uh, they, don't, some things. they don't like VPNs over there. Yeah, no, like it's recently come out that Russia signed into a war that they're, they're outlawing VPNs. But this has been them. in the pipeline for more than 12 it months, has. mind you. It's always been a bit of a thing, hasn't it? It's like China's had it all around for ages and uh, and Russia have always liked to control their media. But yeah, now it's kind of like official, right? Like you, you mm. cannot use a VPN. It's, it's concerning because you see these sort of big... Countries do this and and pass these laws, and uh, you know it gets mainstream news. People read it sort of everywhere, and it lingers in the back of your head as a thing that's happened. Yeah. So maybe it's like planting a seed for later on. Uh, is this is this something we should be concerned about? Do you think in in Australia? I know we've you know had some in- internet censorship things before with the ISP. Uh, blacklist things of banning specific websites you know websites you wouldn't want to visit anyway but 
it is still a form of censorship and, and a VPN really it's, it's it's about privacy and also than just also um, accessing things maybe that are blocked for your country uh, freedom of speech things like that do you think this this is a dangerous path that this happened uh, you know for years down the track maybe in America they'll look at doing something similar in Australia like is this is this Look, I wouldn't wouldn't look at our countries as being an example of uh, countries that would perhaps go down the avenue of the heavy-handed tactics that China are. Uh, China have always been a a country that haven't wanted to be able to just allow their people to be uh, free in that sense. So, um, you know, there has been uh, conversations of various bills happening in the US and, of course, um, rulings here in Australia. Uh, One of the rulings here in Australia has been down to uh, monitoring people's activities to see uh, you know um, what uh, what they could be doing, and, and at least logging their activity. But I, I can't see our country uh, and our government here at this point uh, attempting to lock us down to the point that we won't be able to use um, external services to be able to ga- gain our entry into the internet. I mean, we're we're Do not dictatorship countries. I currently don't use VPNs. I'm I'm unconcerned by. Uh, my activity online, I'm, I'm not dicey online, you could say, and um, I also don't do that much in the way of TV watching like a few of my friends do. Uh, most of my friends who use VPNs use them so that they can access uh, other countries' versions of streaming services like um, uh, like your, 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 your famous Netflix um, mm. But you know, you know, I'm just, I'm just not into TV that much. I like to sit online. I listen to music and I read, read articles. I get my mind going that way. So the the privacy aspect and the potential of your browsing habits and, and metadata being sold off to advertising companies and things like that doesn't bother you. As I said, I am not dicey online, so I am. Rather unfazed at this point in time. I see it's kind of just like, you know, do you you want your data being sold off and things like that? I don't know. You're not legally allowed to sell off data online here in the country, um, you know, through your ISP. Uh, The only people who can rule those sort of things in are... Uh, service providers who are collecting your details, they can, of course, uh, you know, put means of, of collecting this information and sharing it. And um, but but you've also got safeguards in the way that you can you can tell them you no longer wish to participate. Uh, not that that matters. Sometimes, uh, of course, we've spent years with the traditional uh, landline telephone and having telemarketers ring you as you're about to sit down for dinner, for instance, and trouble you and you say, take me off your list and you get another call from someone else a few days later and it it keeps going on. Yeah, I've never really been a a VPN user either. It just seems like effort. Well, there's a a bit of work to it and depending upon where your VPN is as well. um, well, You might slow your speeds down. Yes, speed restrictions as well. And they use it. But they they use a VPN, but they use it one a server based in Australia, so they get good speeds. And I know you can get software where you can put the VPN to your router, and you set it up that way. So it's kind of like a set and forget, yeah. and then everything through your router goes through the VPN through an Australian server, just to kind of like hide your your data. But you don't unlock other regions. I know you can do that, but um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things, I guess. It's on the ridiculous level, I think. But, but yeah, no censorship here. I can't envisage any reason for censorship here in so you, uh, the next five like to reading, ten years. 
you read and you listen to music? What do you, what do you use to listen to music? I use Spotify. Great streaming <sighs> service. Premium, like you pay, or the free version? I use the premium. Um, there's no point using the paid version if you want to be able to really enjoy your online streaming because, I mean, that limits you as to what you could actually do on the application. How much is it a month now? Oh, you're looking at the, um, oh, I think it's about twelve ninety nine price range, although I'm spending a little bit more and we're doing the family pack, uh-huh, which of yes. course means that you can divvy it up between a couple of people in the family and be able to use it uh, rather affordably. Do family members actually pay up though or you're just upfronting all the costs and they leech it off you? <laughs> My sister pays. So we share the costs. Oh, so you're the leech, right? Or do you give her a little bit of money? No, she gives me the money. Oh, so they do actually pay up. They're not just leeching off your Spotify yes. like a lot of people do with Netflix accounts. Yeah, seems like for every one person that pays for Netflix, there's either three or four other people getting it for free. Yeah, that's a potential. Um, talking about Spotify, though, uh, they are the big contender in the uh, streaming game online at the moment. Of course, we we had the likes of um, Pandora shutting shop here in the country, which. Um, potentially could have been a contributive figure to it as well because there was a few uh, Pandora users here in the country. Where do they Uh, go? Your other users are scattered between Google Music uh, primarily and also, you know, um, Apple's variant. But Spotify has now got 60 million paying subscribers in the world and it's taken them less than five months to be able to get this up. Uh, They wrote it into... Uh, their terms and conditions and and, and, and information on the company in uh, the recent week or so uh, of their situation, of course, uh, being, uh, uh, you know, a, a Swedish company and, and, and really making inroads in the markets. Yeah, like, as you said, like, the, the competition just either kind of is there-ish or it just falls by the wayside. Uh, like, who, like, they're just destroying everyone. It's kind of like you ask anyone name a, a music streaming service, just go on the street and ask anyone and they're going to say Spotify. It's, it's incredible. It's by means uh, certainly far easier to access a service like Spotify than it is uh, for the likes of Apple Music. To, to get to Apple Music, you usually have to have, you know, like iTunes or an iPhone, for instance, oh, yeah, to Apple Music. easily be able to access it. Uh, Google, you'd have to download an application as well, although they have web player listening. Uh, and Spotify, Spotify is on all platforms. It's It's got a, a web listen uh, tool. You can access them on Google Home. Of course, you can access Google Music on Google Home as well, but um, outside of those two, there isn't all that many choices for some of these so Pandora devices. just shut down in Australia. Are yes. They, are they still going in the States? They're still going in the States, but they've completely closed their operations in Australia and they've um, closed their ability to be able to use Pandora as a platform here in the country too. Quite a lot of other streaming services that tried to sort of get market share in Australia fell by the wayside. What was that one that, oh, that was a while ago? And Queensland founded Guvera. Um, yeah, they just didn't have the capital to keep them going thing. for long enough. Like, I only heard about them when I heard about them shutting down. <laughs> you serious? Yeah, I had no idea. And then I, I realized because I was with uh, Vir- oh, well, I'm with Virgin mm. as my mobile provider, and when they when it, when they shut down a few years ago, I realized I could every they had a, a promotion going whenever you you just logged into Gavira and listened to a song, you'd get a gigabyte free of data for that month. And I, that's how I found out about them. And then I found out I couldn't, I went to do download the app and it was, 
oh, sorry, we're, we're closing down now. I, yeah, had no idea. But Spotify, from the very beginning, it's, it's always been a presence and a, and a go-to place. Pandora I did hear of in the early days. I think that was maybe before Spotify, Pandora was a, mm. was a thing. But I never really got on board because of the, I think it was mostly in American. It was very hard to get it even online, say, with, <laughs> if you honestly had a VPN or something to get onto Pandora. And Spotify was just so easy to access and... Yeah, this is, I don't see Spotify going anywhere anytime soon. And if I was to no. subscribe to a uh, music streaming service, yeah, of course, it would be Spotify. But um, the free version does okay. Uh, maybe Google Music will, will, will get some more subscribers now that they're merging it with the, the YouTube Red subscription and becoming one service when that happens. Maybe maybe they'll get a bit more uh, market share. But just the, the amount of music and songs and the, the diversity and the genres and the layout and the interface and the apps, just everything, they've just nailed it because that's what they do, right? That They're a music streaming that's company. That's all they like do. Apple that have all the million other products or Google that have all their other million products. They're a dedicated soul. Like this is this is everything they do. They put that, their heart and soul into this service they provide and they do it so well. And I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm actually, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear this news. Yeah, definitely. Hey, the way um, Guvera went by the wayside was they were attempting to run a model which would require, um, I guess, businesses to be a part of them, um, a part of an advertising package. Uh, push that upon the listener or, or find a way of incentivizing uh, the way in which to listen and then you would get access to credits for a song. Um, it certainly seemed like an all right idea, but of course these things always fall because they don't get the number of people they require. They don't get the number of, um, I guess, advertisers to to keep things alive. And if you haven't got the capital uh, to sustain the company for long enough to get that model going, well, you're essentially nothing. It's happened for two online streaming platforms as well in the past. Um, I know. Uh, of internet radio station setups that um, have attempted to uh, make some success in Australia and they just haven't got there because um, the the subscriber numbers aren't there. People don't want to pay, say, twelve ninety nine a month to be able to get unlimited, um, you know, online radio channels uh, or, you know, even this this particular music idea of, of, of doing something to get something. People just want uh, an easy, effective tool, and, and that's what they found in something like Spotify, and that's why Spotify've got so many numbers. You've talked up so much. I want to download it and sign up to wait. Can I get in on your your family friend pack? I don't have to pay for it. Not allowed in the terms and conditions, apparently. Yeah, but 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 you know, come on. <laughs> is there a user limit, like multiple user limit, like multiple devices? You, is there anything you like pay that? per um, per user pack, so I think there's like four or five users in a family pack. And you're not, you're not using all those, are you? Well, no, uh, but we're certainly paying it. Come on, hook me up. That's a story for another time. You are listening to <laughs> the Tech Rap podcast. We're online at techrap.net. Email us anytime. Tell us uh, what you think. Send us press releases. We'd love to uh, catch up with you. Mail at techwrap.net. Can I send you an email? You can send me an email if you want. Yeah, I'll do that after this. Hey, you know what? Like sometimes uh, we talk about longer news stories of the week, the bigger ones, but other times there are, you know, kind of just headlines that come and go throughout the week. They're interesting, little tidbits, uh, but that's kind of as far as they go. You know, the story is in the headline. And it's a little segment we like to call Quick Headlines of the Week. Uh, I'm pretty sure it goes something like this. These are the technology headlines of the week. 
These are the tech headlines of the week. Gettys, give me some quick headlines. Need a little bit more oomph in that in that delivery, <laughs> but we'll, we'll go ahead. Lines. Anyway. Hey, this could be the quickest, quick, quickest, quick headline that we've ever done. You ready? Here we go. You can now use Skype to send PayPal money to friend friends. That's a bit of a worry, actually. Really, that concerned? That, that's kind of like that's it. That's like the news story. But um, <laughs> why is that a worry? Well, it, it makes easier delivery, doesn't it? Um, that 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 you know that that's a great way of handing other people your money really quickly and 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 having less in your pocket, especially if yeah. you happen to be, I guess, consumed by alcoholic beverages one night and you decide to give your mate um, half oh, your yeah. bank account, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you one that is of concern uh, to some residents over in the USA. Um, They use polling machines to conduct their voting and uh, personal info of over 650,000 people in a county in the US have been discovered in a polling machine that went up on eBay. Now, people are meant to erase the data off these things, but someone didn't do it and, and other people have the data now. Oh, my God. Have they recovered the machine or, or what? I'm not sure of the uh, machine's location, but I yeah, wow, did know uh, that during a, a recent security conference, um, they certainly brought up this discussion point, and they had a couple of these machines, uh, you know, at their dispersal as well. Um, you know, usually these things contain names, addresses, uh, date of birth as well. They're usually details that confirm someone's status, but to have all of that floating out in the wild isn't too neat, especially if the person decides they're going to pull it off, uh, pull it all off, put it in plain text and put it online yeah, and share it with everybody. More concerning. It's more concerning than the PayPal sending money thing. Hey, have you ever wanted to send a file to someone just like really quick? It might be a little bit large, uh, yes. larger than an attachment. How would you go about it? Like Google Drive, Dropbox? Oh, tedious, right? I'd, yeah, I'd usually use one of those. Well, uh, Mozilla have come up with a, a new way to quickly send uh, people files up to a gig. You can go to send.firefox.com mm. and you can just drag and drop a file, upload it there. It's completely encrypted. And then you can send the link to the person. And then as soon as they download that file, the file gets deleted. That's cool. Easy as that. Easy so as that. So check point. it out, send, send.firefox.com. Let's just drag and drop, upload, send, it's encrypted, done. Let's see how long it lasts as a free service, though. Yeah, they're kind of just sort of testing the waters at the moment and seeing how it would go. They kind of haven't sort of did a huge press release about it. But um, it could be a cool little fun thing. Sometimes they did this. So they did like Firefox Hello, where they had the, the, the Hello Chat integrated mm. into Mozilla Firefox and things like that. So they're always coming up with little new cool things. So that's kind of cool, like a quick way to share files. Wouldn't it be cool if um, Google got onto that and offered it as a completely free service? Yeah, that'd be amazing. No sign-in, no nothing. They've got the power, they've got the hard drives, they've got the um, bandwidth as well. So, um, did you hear about the Super Nintendo Classic Mini that's going on sale that has been going on pre-orders so far over the last couple of months? I think it was like $120 or something that for a console. How old is it now? Like oh, 10, 15 yeah, 10, years 10, old. 10, 15 years old. It's, it's got still some getting $120 for it, and maybe for a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One will cost you three fifty, four hundred. And for them to sell out at $120 or something like that, I think US, 
It is Australian, but either way, that's that's insane. It's the people just love these old school consoles. They do love the old school consoles so much so uh, that uh, during the week, Harvey Norman uh, quietly opened pre-orders. They didn't actually mention a thing on their social media platforms. Uh, nothing in their catalogs. Uh, some smart spark managed to see that they were online and shared them online, and of course, they were sold out before you knew it. A uh, bit of a surprise from one of Australia's. Uh, largest retailers, and I mean large on the scale of their product range. Um, they're not necessarily the cheapest kit out there, um, but you can always rely on uh, one of these kind of stores if if you're you're in a bit of a situation and you want it now, I guess. And and here's the last one for me. There's a, we like a good sort of Kickstarter story and some sort of random gadget that comes through Kickstarter. I well, love gadgets. A little device called Hollow Plant. And what it allows you to do is you put this device in your a plant that you may be wanting to grow or monitor and things like this, and it will tell you the, the water, like how dry or wet the soil is, and then it will give you a notification to your smartphone if the, if the soil is too dry to remind you to water your plant. And you can put in the type of plant you know, in I'm the app, and it will it'll adjust sort of, and it will, it will notify you. You know, when, when you need to tend to your, your plant for, so it grows. Now, I like That's the concept cool. of this thing, but um, hasn't it already been done in the past? Yeah, possibly. It sounds <laughs> very familiar. There, last time I checked, they, uh, here, I'm, I'm going to pull it up real quick, the Kickstarter page. <laughs> I certainly Let's remember other devices going. out there. So they've got 29 days to go. Uh, they've already got 270 backers, and uh, they've already pledged 15,000 euros of a 30,000 euro goal so wow we'll see if they get there i guess in like a month we'll do a, a report back in in the quick headlines to see if hollow plan actually got got funded <laughs> yeah yeah we'll wait and see <laughs> where the sell. progress of that one is oh actually one more did you see the, the nasa one the, the nasa job i didn't catch the nasa story nasa is looking for someone to protect earth from aliens apparently. oh golly well, that's how they word it, but um, they say the the U.S. Space Agency is currently in a, a search for a planetary protection officer to protect mm-hmm. the Earth and its inhabitants from an alien invasion. The job uh, salary between one hundred twenty four to one hundred eighty seven thousand dollars a year involves preventing uh, alien microbes from contaminating the Earth, as well as ensuring human space explorers do not damage other planets, moons, and objects in space. I tell you, that's quite a task to accomplish. I feel so like I they've just they've grabbed this and they and they've ran it as sort of a headline, but uh, it's probably sort of more about you know. I can I understand like customs, the salary, like customs for space, like you're a customs <laughs> officer. It's like I need to check your space boots for any dirt or alien microbes. Stop and you're only right Two point seven five liters of alcohol. Otherwise, I can't let you in the gun into the Earth, the Earth's atmosphere. Stop right there. You can't enter. Australian space until I decontaminate you. <laughs> and that's it. That is the quick headlines for the week. And that is uh, Tech Wrap for another edition. The second one down in this series. Yes. It's great to be back together with you. Even if you are on the other side of an internet connection somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's not the same as back in the day when we're in the same room, but, you know, looking forward to when we do uh, get together and, and record now that we have, you know, capabilities to do so we've got the capabilities we've got the technology and you know we're having a good time again uh i hope you've we've been uh, thinking about doing maybe incorporating video at some point 
possibly. Let, it's let, an idea we've thrown out there. Yeah, let's not give ideas away. Let's have a think no, about I mean, these things in the quiet end I'm first and move ether. on with it. And then we're also, what was the other thing we were doing? We we're going to broadcast uh, live from the top of a hot air balloon. Wow, that's ambitious. Whoops. I'll let Did you I just give something else away there. I'll let you do that one. Uh, we're online <laughs> at techrap.net. You can email us anytime, mail at techrap.net. And of course, listen to us anywhere. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, TuneIn, which is a great little application to listen to radio stations and also podcasts. Um, so many different ways. You can find them online because you've found us. That's it for us for another week. We will return next week. In the meantime... Look forward to it. Can't wait. Jump online to techrap.net and read some stories. Thanks, Will. Catch you next week. Great catching up with you again.